Um, she said that her band instructor used to say, uh, whenever you get them high notes, you gotta squeeze your butt cheeks together. So, if you ever wind up picking one of them songs, you just got to squeeze them together and hope you hit it. I didn't have to squeeze right in, but we, we did all right. Y'all gonna have to get used to the way I, I talk and the way that I, uh, my laughter and my uh, way of looking at things is a little bit different than others. They say opposites attract. That's why me and Holly, I guess, got together because she ain't nothing like me. Um, a lot of y'all I've seen before. Some of you uh, might not recognize it quite as much. If I know my mama, she's probably talked about me, so you probably know me better than I know you. Uh, if she hadn't talked about me and make her feel bad, she'll talk about me now. If you got your Bibles, if you'll turn to John, the first chapter. We're going to be starting with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So in the beginning, we had the word of God. And we, we know uh, if you look on down, um, what verse is it? Verse 14, it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, here we, we see in the beginning was the Word. The Word of God was in the beginning. And we see that the Word was made flesh. The Word was Jesus. So Jesus and the Word are one and the same. Nothing was made in this world without the Word of God. So the Word of God, I know we view it probably in our own personal lives and different things. It's very important. But the Word of God was so important that it was in the beginning. It was God. And nothing was made without the Word of God. Now, if I got a few scriptures to look at this morning, but I'm going somewhere with it. So if you can find Colossians chapter one. And if you're unsure where it's at, I like to look at the very beginning of the Bible. It tells you exactly where to turn. This is just reinforcing the word here. Um, Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 through 17. It says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him, by him, Jesus, the word, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or all things, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and all and by him all things consist. So by Jesus, by the word, all things consist 
Um, it's just, we're just laying a foundation here. Now, I want you to go back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1. I'm not going to read it all, but I want to draw our attention to some, some verses here. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Y'all found it yet? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. If you keep on going throughout the book of Genesis, chapter 1, you're going to find over and over, you look at verse 1, skip down, look at verse 3. Verse 6, verse 9, verse 11. And there's other ones as well. But it, it goes through a bunch. And, and it says, and God said, and God said, and God said. So he began creating the world. And it says that Jesus was in the beginning with God. He was God. And nothing was made without him. And nothing was made without the word. And here you have God proclaiming the word. And the word, Jesus, went forth and made creation. So God said, God said, God said. So there's a great importance that God has shown us through his word. If you'll turn to Matthew 17 and 20. Or you can listen to me read it either way. I know I'm going to a bunch of different places. I like to. That's just. That's how I am. I, I go. I go places. Do you go places? Amen. I go places. I'm going places. Matthew 17 and 20 says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now this is uh, where the disciples had brought forth a, a man that was demon-possessed, and, and uh, or they had tried to cast the devil out, and they couldn't do it, and the man come and brought him to Jesus, and Jesus was able to cast it out. Well, the disciples were like, well, how come we, we couldn't do this? And he says, because of your unbelief. He said, but if you have faith as a grain of seed, a mustard seed. And I've heard a lot of great sermons on the mustard seed, mustard seed side faith. Side faith. I think I need to stand in this sweet spot. And uh, it, it's all right. It's all right. I don't, I don't mind standing in one spot. <laughs> All right. But uh, faith as a seed. Let's see what we got. You got me? Let me see what I can do. Yep. We good. Well, we good. We good. Faith as a seed. Here, he's saying if you have faith, I believe there's a great importance here that he's saying there's great sermons that can be done and there's great illustrations that can be done on the size of your faith. You don't need a whole lot. You just need a small amount. But there's something else I think we can glean from this. Is He's saying, if you have faith like a seed, you will say. So if you have faith like a seed, what do you do with a seed? You plant a seed. So if you have faith, if you have faith, you're going to do the same thing that you do with the seed. With the seed, you plant it. With faith, you're going to plant it. How do you plant it? You plant it by what you say. So if you have faith as a seed, you're going to speak. So here we see that faith speaks. 
That's one of the operations of faith is faith is vocal. It speaks. If you'll turn to 2 Corinthians 4.13. I can find it a lot faster because I, I got this little app and I click, click, click. Y'all folks going to have to get you one of them smartphones. It's smarter than I am. It says, we have in the same spirit of faith, according as, as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So there is a spirit of faith, a spirit of faith and that spirit of faith believes and it speaks. It believes and it speaks. Um, the operation of faith here, you, you see it, an, another point of operation here is you believe and you speak. And that's that's important to know, it's important to remember. Um, let's look at Hebrews 11 and three. You got that? Through faith. What, is, what does faith do now? Faith speaks. We believe and we speak. Through our believing and speaking, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So here we're going to, we understand by faith. The more we speak the word, the more we hear the word and speak the word, we're going to operate in that faith. So the more that we do that, we're going to understand more of the Word of God. One of the things I want you to see here is framed. So through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So all the scriptures we went through prior to this, we were showing the importance of our, of our speaking. So when we speak the Word of God, things happen. When God spoke the Word, he spoke Jesus when he spoke the word creation happened things were created so the same thing happens in our lives and he's saying that the worlds were framed when the word went forth and whether we realize it or not in our daily lives we frame our world with the words that we speak our words have power it is the truth when we speak words of faith words of love, a good report, good things, then we begin to frame our atmosphere. We begin to frame the things that we see and that we uh, have around us. And that's what winds up coming out as good things. Um, when we do speak negative things and things of doubt and negative uh, fear, then we wind up framing our world with the same exact things that we're speaking. When we always talk about the bad stuff, have, have you ever been around somebody? I know I have. I used to work. I used to work with a couple of guys like that, and it's like you get around them and they just grumble and they complain and they fuss. Oh, you know somebody? I huh? don't say their name. Uh, but and I've been I've been that person before, so like I know I understand. But you get around certain folks and it's like man, it's like. They just grumble, they complain, and they're framing their whole world around that. And so all they do is they look for negative stuff. They look for something bad going on. It, they're not, it seems like they're not happy, period. But if the little bit of happiness that they have comes from grumbling and complaining. And uh, 
if you don't watch it, you'll get around that and you'll start doing the same thing. It'll start rubbing off on you. It's because our, our words are like seeds and and just like with a seed, you're going to plant it and you plant your words by what you speak. And when we begin to plant negative stuff, every seed produces after its own kind. And the same, the same goes for being around somebody that's got a good atmosphere or sweet personality. Uh, like my wife. No. <laughs> that's a plug right there, you know. But you gotta do what you gotta do, man. <laughs> happy marriage, happy marriage. But um, there's some people that you can be around, and they are so uplifting that it seemed like I could have been down and I could have been upset about something. Something could have really been bothering me, and I'm around certain folks, and it's like, man, it's like my troubles just—they're still there, but they're. They disappear from my sight a little bit because it's like, man, there, there's something contagious about it. There's something contagious about the negative part because I'm not a complainer. But if I get around folks like that, if I don't watch myself, boy, I'm right there picking on the boss, picking on this worker, picking on so-and-so. It's like, man, I can't believe this. And everything I see is negative. And if I'm not seeing negative, I'm searching for it, trying to find it. But if I'm around folks that are uplifting and encouraging man it's like it, it does something to me on the inside i've seen it to where i've been the person that's been the encourager i've been around folks that's that's rumbling and complaining and we're just fire hot mad about something and i hey look let's let's not talk about that i can see talking about that's going to mess up everything so let's let's talk about something different let's change what we're talking about let's look at something a different way and then see the whole atmosphere right there change. So words is going to transmit something. They transmit means to send out, send forth. So words transmit. They're either going to transmit fear or they're going to transmit faith. Um, the opposite of, of faith, we would think is doubt. Doubt's just another form of fear. Um, so we got to be careful with the words that we speak, the words that we hear. John 10 and 10. It says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So here Jesus is saying, I come that they can have life and have abundant life. So another way of looking at it, because we've already determined that Jesus and the word are one and the same. The word has come that we can have life and have it more abundantly. So the importance of the word of God is the word of God has come. Why has it come? It's come so that we can have life, so that we can have it abundantly. Romans 10 and 17. Y'all follow me thus far, right? Wait, we good? Amen. All right. It says, Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So 
the same thing works though. There, there's a principle here. This is the truth of the word, but there's a principle here that God is showing us, I believe, that faith comes by hearing. Yeah. Now, in the same way that faith comes by hearing, faith comes, fear comes by hearing as well. If I'm hearing the evil report, if I'm hearing what the devil says, if I hear what naysayers say, what grumbling and complainers say, then that's the reason why it produces something in me to where I begin doing the same thing as what they are is because it's producing something after its own kind in me. Faith or fear comes from hearing. And when I rehearse that stuff in my mind, I'm rehearsing basically the devil's words in my mind. But the same way it will work if we speak the word of God. We're going to keep that within us and, and we're going to reproduce that over and over in our lives. So when we speak the word, we're going to create an image. I'm going to create the right image within me by listening to the word and speaking the word. But when I begin to speak the word of God, I'm going to create an image of that word inside of me. Who in here is a, a reader that like to read? I'm not going to raise my hand. <laughs> My wife knows I've got books upon books upon books and I'll read like maybe a chapter, maybe three. And then, yep, I'll read it one day. Let me read the back of it and see how it ends. But some people like movies. I like movies. The movie, go ahead, you go ahead and get to the point. Yeah, you got to sit there and flip this page and flip this page and I can hit pause if I want to, run to the bathroom, I can come back. Or finish popping that bag of popcorn, I can come back and I can go ahead and get done with that movie in a whole hour. That book's going to take me three years. <laughs> but one of the things that a book does, and my wife and I, we've talked about this several times. One of the things that a book does is it, it paints a picture for your imagination. Now, I personally, I like the shortcut. It's like, let the movie paint the picture. I'll see what it painted. And we'll just keep on going. But it, it does, a movie doesn't leave much for your imagination. But books, they will. They'll paint a picture. Um, it's because words do that. They create an image inside of you. Um, let me give you an example. I, it's just something I looked up. It's imagery words, basically. And um, there's a short little paragraph. It says, now think about this as I read it. As they sat on the soft, sugary sand beach, waiting for the sunset, the sinking sun shimmered on the water as the blue sky transformed into various shades of purple and pink. Another example is a gust of cold air blew over her, causing her body to shiver. After she pulled the fuzzy blanket up to her chin, she was warm and cozy. And if you read stuff like that, you can, you can begin to imagine exactly what you just heard. When you begin to speak something like you can, you can, it's like, man, I, I can imagine that. I can see that in my own mind's eye. Because your mind has the power to create images out of the words that we hear. Another example, I, I've heard this one before, pink elephant. You ever heard that? Pink elephant. And then it's like, I can see a pink elephant in my mind. And, uh, Far as I know, they don't exist. <laughs> I've never seen one for real. Uh, red paint. 
I, as soon as I say red paint, I, I picture red paint in my mind. Uh, a blue car, a black car, it's like uh, you can word associate and your mind's got the power and the capability to create that image within you. Words can help us remember. Um, for example, maybe I said, maybe it won't be your house, maybe it's my house. I, I can, I can say, remember that stain on the carpet that of your living room floor that you've been wanting to get cleaned and you hadn't got cleaned yet, or uh, maybe the dishes that you forgot to wash or left in the sink. Uh, the weeds in your flower bed. Can, can you imagine that and picture it? As soon as I say it, can you, can you just kind of see it in your mind's eye? So words can uh, help you remember things as well because words create images. Now we talk about seeds produce after their own kind. So if I have a, a corn kernel and I plant it, it's going to produce a corn plant. If I have a tomato seed and I plant it, I'm going to get a tomato plant. Now, I'm not going to plant a, a corn kernel and get a tomato plant. It's just not going to work. And as much as I try, as many times I plant it, it's not going to happen. So if I continually uh, plant negative stuff in my life, I can't expect, by the words that I speak, I can't expect to reap a harvest of good things. So I'm going to have to be careful about what I speak. So, but when I begin to speak the word of God, the promises that God's already given me in his word, then the seed of that word is being planted into my heart. And it's going to produce after its own kind inside of me. Um, and, and we see the word as, as being a seed when, in the parable of the sower. Um, and he says, you know, the sower goes forth to sow. And, and Jesus is explaining the parable to his disciples. He said the, the seed being sown, that's the word. That's the word. Let's look again at um, I think Hebrews uh, 11 and 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Through faith and speaking the word, we understand. So the more we speak the word, the greater our understanding is going to be fruitful. And the greater our understanding of the word is, the clearer the picture of the word on the inside we're going to get. Just like a book's going to paint in detail and detail about the, if I just said she was sitting on the beach by the water, you can get a picture there, but what if it was a, one of them I forget what they call them, but it's like one of them lava beaches, like with the black sand. How would you even know that unless you had the descriptive words? But the more you get an understanding of that scene, the greater the image on the inside, the clearer and more concise it's going to be. So the greater my understanding of the Word of God, when I begin speaking it into my life, the clearer the image of that is on the inside. When, when I begin to see that, hey, Jesus not only did he die for my sins so that I could be saved, but by his stripes I was healed. When I see that, I'm, I'm going to begin to think, it's like, man, I, I'm going to begin to see myself healed. And the more I see that, the more I understand that in the word, and I see it not only here, but then I see it over here. 
And then I, I just begin to rehearse that in my mind. I'm going to get a clear picture of that on the inside. And when that clear picture comes, that's when faith comes. And the clearer that picture comes, then that faith comes, and then I'm going to receive it. I just went way further than I planned on right then. But uh, let's, give, let's go through an example of that. Uh, before we do that, how much faith you have, how much faith you have is going to be determined by how much word you have and how much word you understand. Um, Hebrews 11 and 1, just a couple verses up, it says, Now faith is the substance of what we hope for, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For one, faith is. Now, Mama, she's a school teacher. How many other school teachers have we got in here? No, good. Okay. No, it don't matter. <laughs> faith is. Put Mama on the spot. What tense is that? Faith is. Present. Present tense. Present tense. Boy, she's a good school teacher. <laughs> I know she's my daughter-in-law, not sister-in-law. I don't know if I said it right or wrong. <laughs> yes. But faith is. Faith is. That is present tense. It's not faith was. It's not faith will be. But there's a time when we got to walk in faith, and that is present. It's now. Um, not just one day in the week here, here and there, or by and by, God's going to heal my body. But there's there's a time when, or one day I'm going to have peace on the inside. This turmoil is not going to bother me. But there's going got to be a point and a time when I take it and I say, right now, because faith is present, that I'm going to call it for myself. It's, it's mine right now. One of the things I wanted us to see here, though, was faith is a substance of the things that we hope for. It's what do we hope for? We're hoping for the promises of God. So faith is a substance of the prom. What we're hoping for is the substance of the promises of God. Another way of saying it, because uh, faith comes from hearing the word and the word of God. Uh, it is faith. It's full of faith. So another way you could look at this verse, and I'm not trying to take anything or away from the word or add anything to it, but another way you could look at it is instead of saying, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, is you could say, the word of God is the substance of things hoped for. The word of God is the evidence of things not seen. So the evidence that the, or another way of saying evidence is proof. So the proof that what I'm hoping for is really there is the Word of God. The Word of God is so important that I'm going to base everything that I've got and that I'm going to receive on the Word of God. So the Word of God is it's the part that I'm standing on. It's the proof that these things I'm hoping for, these promises of God that... Uh, I've got peace that he he was um, took punishment for my peace that by his wounds I was healed by his stripes I'm healed that he took away he bore my sickness that he bore my pain I'm standing all that and I can prove that all that's true and real by the word of God and that's that proof stays there why do you need evidence or proof in a court case 
You need proof because you don't have that, that thing in manifestation right now. But when that thing has come, that proof is temporary. It just takes, it takes the place of the thing that is proof of until that thing comes. You follow me there? So when that thing comes, I don't need to have proof of it because it's already there. I don't have to. If I believe in, say, I stumped my toe and I'm believing that that toe's healed, the, the substance, that proof of what I've got for right now is the word of God that by Jesus' stripes I was healed. So I'm believing that my stump toe is healed. And the proof of it is the word said it. And I've got the word to back it up. Now, when that toe is manifest in healing, I'm not going to need that proof. I'm for that part because it's already going to be manifested. So each part, faith for each, let's say, faith for each, uh, promise of God that we have is temporary till that promise comes until it's manifested and then we're going to need that for something else Romans 10 chapter chapter 10 verse 8 and 9 says but what saith it the word is nigh thee, or near thee, even in your mouth and in your heart, that it, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For, let me read the next verse too. For with the heart man believes under righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You confess with your mouth. So here's another importance of the words that we speak. You confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart and then you're saved. So there's a, a great importance on what we speak because even to be saved, we got to get it in our, in our hearts, believe it in our hearts, then open our mouth and speak it. And then we receive salvation. So another way of saying it is faith comes or salvation comes by faith. And we said that that act of faith or an operation of faith is by our speaking, what we say. So, in the same way, there's no outward manifestation. And I, man, I dealt with this. I dealt with this growing up. When I first got saved, I was, I was messed up. <laughs> like, I was trying my best to walk a good Christian walk. I was trying my best to, to serve God. And I'd wake up some mornings and be like, I know I ain't saved. I know I ain't saved. Man, I don't know what it is, but I don't know what I did, but I, I don't feel right on the inside. I'm not saved. I'm not, I know I'm not going to heaven. And I'd spend all day if I had to in prayer. Lord, uh, show me what I did wrong. Show, why am I feeling this way? And I was basing everything on my senses, on the way that I felt. And I got so caught up in the way that I felt. I was walking by my senses instead of walking by faith. And part of that walking by faith is, is remembering what the word says and getting that word back in me that, hey, man, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. You'll be saved. We had somebody in our church, and I won't name his name, but he was going through the same stuff, and, and he'd been a Christian for years. And he was in turmoil, and I, I could 
sympathize or have compassion on him because I went through the same stuff. And I mean, I had already been filled with the Holy Ghost. And, but at the same time, the devil had got in there and worked in my mind. And he was telling me that I won't save. And I was listening to him instead of listening to what the word said. And the image I was getting on the inside of me was that I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not saved. Because I, I was listening to the wrong words. And the wrong image was created in me. But when I began to get back into the word and see what the word said, I began to get the image that God wanted for me on the inside. That Look, it's not based on what you feel. Look back again at... Hebrews 11 and 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of what we don't see. So that shows us right there, because we don't see it, it doesn't mean that it's not real, but it means that we're leaving the, the uh, arena of our senses. There's a whole other arena out there. There's a whole other world out there, and that is the spiritual world. And that in that world, we're not, it's not governed by senses. The world that we're in right now is governed by our senses. So it's hot outside because I feel hot. It's cold outside because I feel cold. It's sweet because it tastes sweet. She's pretty because she looks pretty. Y'all like them clothes. That's right, that's right. I was looking at her when I said it. I know better, I know better, I know better. But we we live in a sense in the world that we in the world that we live in, our senses dominate and they are the law. But in in the spiritual realm, the realm of God, our senses are not the law, but faith is the law. So those things we got to take by faith. We just got to be able to receive what the word says and take it by faith. That's that's all we're talking about here is taking it by faith. And and one of the operations of that faith is speaking it out. And when we begin to speak out the word, we'll get the image of that on the inside. So that, no, we can't see it on the outside. But when we begin to get that image of it on the inside, then it don't matter what the outside is saying. Because I've got a revelation of it on the inside. And when that revelation comes, I'm going to get the manifestation of what I've been believing for. It's going to be that proof, that evidence of what I don't see. So we got to take it by faith. Um, when we get saved, uh, another example is that when we get saved, there's no outward manifestation that I'm going to heaven. How do you know you're going to heaven? I, I heard my father-in-law talking about it. He said, well, somebody said something to him or something. was like, well, how do you know you got saved? He said, because I was there when it happened. <laughs> that, that's about a good example, you know, a good answer. But there's no outward manifestation that I'm going to heaven, but I've got to take it by faith. i got to take it by faith. And it's the same way with the rest of the promises of God, whether it's finances that we need, whether it's peace that we need, if, if it's uh, fear that we've dealt with, if it's um, depression, uh, sickness, whatever it is, we're going to have to lay hold of those promises by faith. And one of the great ways of doing that is to hear ourselves speak the word. When we, when we begin to speak the word, we're not just having heard, because faith comes by hearing. Now, this is something I didn't catch before. You've heard people maybe say, well, oh yeah, yeah, I, I've heard that before. I, I heard that scripture. I heard that before. I've heard that preached on before. 
Well, it didn't say faith comes by having heard. It says faith comes by hearing. So that's why we got to continually be keeping the word. Um, I think it's Joshua 1 and 8. He says, let not this word depart from uh, your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. Uh, and I, I taught um, a few Sundays or so ago at, at, a, at our service about meditate. That word meditate. That word meditate doesn't mean to just study and to rehearse it in your mind. It means to utter. That's when, when you look at the Greek t um, definitions of that word, that word means to utter. So when I begin to utter and to speak the word, then I'm keeping it before me. Then I'm keeping keeping it rehearsed in my, not only my mind, but in my mouth. And it's important that we keep that word because that's a seed that we're planting and we're planting that seed into our heart. And I went way off of my notes that I was on, so I I just went off. But uh, that's good. That's all right. But it's it's going to be the same thing. We're going to have to believe it in our heart. The promises that we see, we took it by faith, believed it in our heart for our salvation. But we're going to have to take by faith, believe it in our heart. Confessing it with our mouth for the promises of God. And what if we don't see it manifested? What then? Well, it's not saying that the, the, where I stumped my toe, that that pain's not really there. But I'm taking that, I'm saying, you know what? I know that that pain's really there. Because the Bible tells not to look at things that are seen, but to look at things that are not seen. So, if I'm not looking and putting my attention on what's seen, my attention is going to be on what's not seen. And it's not seen yet. The promises that God has called for me that he's given me. But it's going to be seen. And I'm trusting on that. And I'm trusting on the promises of God for that. So I'm, I'm going to stand on the word. And I'm going to let that be the proof of what's really the case in my toe. I really didn't stump my toe, guys. I'm just letting you know. It, it doesn't hurt. And that's not just by faith. That's It really don't hurt. But uh, let's be intentional. Um, I've done years ago, um, I had started uh, realizing the importance of words and that they play in my life. And I wound up realizing, I said, man, I said, I got to get hold of my tongue. Because, uh, Something bad would happen, and I, well, I'd let you know, and uh, or I'd let myself know, and uh, I even did it when when my wife and I would argue. Boy, when I when I got mad, boy, my tongue was an unruly member, and uh, she had a lot to do with. God's brought me a long ways, and uh, but I wound up seeing there's an importance. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So there's a, a great importance on what I allow to come out of my mouth. Because what I allow to come out of my mouth is going to create an image. It's going to create something not only on the inside, but it's going to create something out, outward as well. So I've got to be careful about what I say because there's power in it. There's life and death in it. And in James, it talks about if your, your tongue's a small member. But it can you can control your whole body with your tongue. You can bring it under submission. So I wound up saying, it's like, Kurt, you got to do something. Because uh, 
when you get to run in your mouth, you just get to talking and you done said a whole bunch of stuff that you got to take back and you got to repent of. Um, you, you spoke a lot of, you did a lot of bad planting. You did it. I was planting thorns and briars and uh, not the kind on, uh, on rose bushes, just straight up briars with no flowers on them. Made me think this has nothing to do with it, but highly, uh, one day I was, uh, I let our flower beds go for a while and the weeds had come up and she was gone. I don't remember where she was gone. And uh, I was surprised her. I went outside and uh, pulled all those weeds in the flower bed. I got rid of that. I don't know how all these briars and thorn bushes got in these flower beds. I I was so proud of myself. She come home first. I I was waiting. She's gonna be so happy with me. And uh, she said, "Uh, what happened to my rose bushes? Rose bushes? Oh." That's what they were. <laughs> like, yep, they ain't going. You ain't going to have no more. But that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> so that has nothing to do with any of that, but it just made me think of it. But uh, I got to be intentional with the words that I speak. So I went up praying. I said, Holy Ghost. I was like, keep a guard in front of my mouth. It's sort of like, uh, depending on how, how you come up, especially before you got saved, uh, if you was a club, into the club or the whatever, you know, at the bar, it's like, keep a bouncer. Be the bouncer of my mind and my mouth so that I don't, if there's something I'm getting ready to speak, go ahead and kick it out of the bar. You know what I mean? Kick it on out of my mind because it doesn't need to be there and I don't need to speak it forth because I'm going to wind up creating something that I'm going to have to wind up tearing down. And I don't want to create the wrong thing inside of me. But I, I definitely don't want to, to create the wrong thing in an atmosphere for somebody else that's going to be a stumbling block to them. So as we close out today, um, I ask you to just take time and um, get before the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you things in your life, times where you've missed it, where you maybe said the wrong thing. When um, it hadn't been faith and it hasn't been goodness, it's been coming out. It's been negativity. And that... You're going to, every, every seed produces after its own kind. And there's some things I've said, even now, I'm like, Lord, I call crop failures to that. It's like, I ain't going to have, I ain't going to have that coming up in my life. I'm, I want to make sure that the right things are coming out. And then when you get around me, hopefully I'm going to be one of those that's going to be encouraging. And I'm going to uplift you. And the whole atmosphere changes. Because you can wind up having that atmosphere of, of, of goodness all within inside of you. So that you wind up being that blessing to somebody else. But um, thank you all for allowing me to uh, come and, and speak to you today. And as an honor and a privilege. And uh, we all good. Brother, you want to close out? Brother Johnny, close us out, brother. I don't need that. Like you're a man. You're a man. <laughs> I got a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Has been good being out. God, we appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. Come and bring the word to order.